welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is Rod Courtney. Uh, I'm your host of Tailgate Talk. Uh, this month, we have a very special guest with us. Uh, many of you know him, uh, but uh, we have Mr. Billy Martin with us. Billy is, has, he's forgot more about the electrical side of this stuff than I'll ever know. He, he is absolutely one of the smartest people I've ever come across in my life. Uh, he's helped me in the industry. He, he's helped me personally. Uh, just a, a really good friend of mine. So let's everybody welcome Mr. Billy Martin. How you doing, Billy? Good, Rod. Uh, I, you know, that 50 bucks I gave you really paid off for that intro. So well, thank you very much. Yes, I, I, I've only received the first 25, so that, you know, the second payment is due. Well, the pick. <laughs> so I tell you what, man, let's, uh, you know, this, this article, um, and, you know, I, I do read these every month when they come out and a bunch of other stuff in the magazine, but I, I love reading these tailgate articles. And, you know, most of our tailgate topics are things about, uh, um, you know, different things about PPE or different things about equipment, or uh, we did one just recently about, you know, drugs and alcohol in the workplace. Not often do we get into something titled Power Restoration Triage and Delta System. So, just for everyone's knowledge, uh, my background and Billings as well is in the medical field. So this one kind of uh, reached out to me, you know, when, when I read that, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be really interesting. And it did not suffer. It, it, is, it is a phenomenal article. But first, Billy, let, let's do this just for, for our listeners. What, what does triage mean in, 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 you know, in the medical field anyway? Well, Rod, you know, there's, there's a couple of different types of triage, and, and I, we don't really... We're not going to become experts in that, but but when you show up as somebody's severely injured, you know, let's say you have a, a multi-casualty incident um, where you have we have a number of people that are injured. That really quickly, if you go around and you find the ones that are seriously hurt, then you treat in the order of of the seriousness of the injury, um, and and they color those. You know, red being the most serious. Um, some have yellow and green, and black is something that you triage out. So, so it's uh, it's just it, it's it's a way to be efficient about about how you treat patients. And a little short story: years ago, I was down in Central Hudson, New York, with a bunch of crews for a five foot snowstorm, and they gave us a bird dog, and they gave us work to do. And we went out. We spent all day on this single face tap. It was a mess. And we beat, I mean, it was awful. We got it all back up. When we plugged it in, it went click because the three phase was dead. And I asked the, the bird dog, I said, did you determine the work? No, he said, somebody gave me this. You have this substation and this is where they said to start. I said, well, I said, it, we didn't triage it correctly. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, it, if you're working on a broken finger and somebody's got a broken neck, the finger doesn't matter if you fix the finger. And right now you're three phases out. And we just spent all day plug working on a single phase and didn't get anybody's lights on. So that's kind of how, does that make sense to you? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I said, coming from the medical field, you know, the, the word triage, um, you know, has, has been part of my vocabulary for a, for a long time. You know, the, the word triage is actually, it's a French word, uh, trier, which means to sort or, or to organize. And, you know, we use triage in the military. because I, I was an Army medic for a long time. And, uh, you know, just a, another quick story, we 
had just come back from Desert Shield and Desert Storm, and uh, our division commander, who was Barry McCaffrey at the time, uh, he was a two-star general, uh, major general, and um, he's now a, a Fox News analyst. So if you ever want to go uh, see him, or you know, he, he, he does that now. But anyway, he was our division commander, and he was doing this change of command ceremony. And anyway, long story short, we did this practice with probably 10,000 soldiers on, on this big parade field. And we're all standing out there for, I don't know, Billy, three or four hours in, in the direct sun and in, in our, our full uniforms, you know, our battle dress uniforms, sleeves down, wearing these helmets and all of our load-bearing equipment. Anyway, it, it was hot, okay? And we're all standing out there at attention all those time. Well, when we leave... Um, our, our support battalion had set up just behind us with these big, uh, we call them water buffaloes. They're just a big tank uh, that hooks to a truck that holds potable water. Well, they did what they thought was right. And they, they about half filled these suckers up with ice, okay? And then filled them up with water. So we had, as we're leaving this parade field, we had ice cold water. We could stop and, you know, put some in our canteen. Well, for those of you that don't know, once your body heat reaches a certain level, you start, you know, experiencing maybe some some heat exhaustion type stuff. If you go from that to extreme cold ice water, that that is instant shock. Okay, that will throw you into shock almost quicker than anything. And we had just that. We we had a mass casualty. You're talking ten thousand soldiers. Okay, and I, I don't remember how many went down, but it was it, it was definitely. Uh, you know, five to ten percent of them had, I mean, just boom, hit the ground. And we, we didn't have enough people to handle this. You know, there weren't enough medics there to do this. We had to call local other counties to come help us. But while we're doing all this, is when that training kicked in. And that you're right, that's that's when the triage part started, right? Luckily, we didn't have any black, uh, but we did have a couple of reds, people having seizures and things like that. Uh, but as as the the, the, the ambulances showed up, we knew from doing the same thing you're talking about, which patients need care now and which ones can wait until we can get, you know, help here later. So yeah, triage is, is, is an absolute must in the medical field. And from what I'm reading here, Billy, it's probably a pretty darn good idea in, in the electrical world too. Well, hopefully every storm did you triage. And, and just to add something to your medical story, I don't want to confuse people. You know, there were rapid change in temperature from really hot to really cold does can cause seizures. And with heat exhaustion, that's dead. Uh, I worked the Ironman tent for 14 years, Rod, and, and we had a kiddie pool full of ice water. If you start to change your level of consciousness and, and you don't know whether or not it's heat stroke, um, we put people right, right directly in that ice water. So, yeah. so that's, that's just, I, you know, because so there's some fuzziness between, you know, gee, gee, what do we do? Do we just wait for it. But a lot is it's based on them, you know what I mean, on, on their condition. And that's what triage does. You, you find somebody who might be at heat stroke and you treat them differently than heat exhaustion. Without a doubt. And, you know, we, we use the hierarchy of controls in safety all the time. And it's kind of similar uh, in that situation, right? It's, I, I can treat you and save you from shock. I can't do much to you if you're in full-blown heat stroke. So right. if I can get you out of heat stroke mode and put you into shock, I can treat you for shock right. in, in, in a few minutes. Uh, but but you're right, 100% correct. So so let, let, let's get into the article a little bit more. So now, so we've talked a lot about triaging or sorting 
a patient. Tell us about this. So what, what you're talking about here is maybe we should use that same mentality uh, when, when there's a storm and about, you know, separating uh, the thing, the emergency things versus the non-emergency thing. So hopefully, hopefully, so if the library that lists you, Rob, they've, they've sat in parking lots waiting for that to happen. And then they get sent to work going by other work wondering why they're going by. And I'm not, I'm not sure we're good at it. But I think, you know, you and I being in medicine, we kind of have a little bit of a, a higher view of that, of triage. Like when I, for nine years, I ran a 100-mile territory for a utility. And and when the storm hit, so you're right. Uh, the first thing is 911s and emergencies, risk to people and uh, and property. And then, then you'll have commercial, right? Because uh, if the commercial industries are down, like the hospitals and Big business, you're, we have a problem. Um, and then, of course, you got the three phase. You always look at the backbone if you're, if you're like, you're running a storm. Get the three phase going. Isolate the single phase taps that are in trouble, or all of them if you have to. Then single phase. Then you're down to this onesie twosies and the customers at the end. So, hopefully, that's that's a, a logical sequence that we should be working all storms. And if we do that, we can divide our manpower based on the triage. Um, but but if it's just out there random, uh, like I ended up on that one storm, and fixing the single phase tap when the three phases out is really frustrating for alignment because uh, they didn't get any lights on that day. That's that's tough. That is that's tough for the customer and and the the workers in the field. Uh, now I, I love how you did that. How, how you broke the, the the triage down or the um or you know how the the physiological aspects of, of the human body uh, and and. So the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the lateral fuse and, you know, the, the three phase backbone, right? So that, that's like your, your, your spine and, you know, without that, you know, the other stuff really doesn't matter. And then once you get that fixed, then you can move out to the extremities, you know, and then once you get the extremities fixed, then you move out to the fingers and the toes. And so I, I love how you did that. All right. So it was, yeah. So I appreciate that, Rod, that, uh, and you would recognize that, but you know, it's funny, uh, I, I'm not sure that I assume a lot of the industry does this, but having been alignment and sat for hours and hours in parking lots, I'm pretty sure they they don't they don't all do it. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And you know, like like you said, you know, people with a certain background can kind of understand the 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 big process of you know why we aren't going to work on this right now and we're going to go work on something else. Because like you know, like you were saying that that backbone, you know, with, without it. You know, nothing else matters, and, and you, so you're going to start at that system, that part of the system, and and work your way out to the extremities. In in the next um, half or so of your your article, and this this was intriguing to me because, and, and I I understand what a Y system is, and obviously uh, the linemen out, out there will understand that. But you know, there, there's a lot of safety people listening to this too, and maybe they're in a different utility. So just real quick, if you don't mind. What is the difference in a Y system and a delta system? So that's uh, you know that's a good question. I I, I have a little, I, I have a lot of linemen say it doesn't matter what the system is because we treat it all the same. Uh, and what I like to tell them is that's really good, but the electricity doesn't treat you the same, and that's that's the problem. It's, so up here in the Northeast, when, when the territory I ran had six substations, I think I recall that were delta only substations. And the rest were Y substations. And a Y substation 
the the power comes in if, if you're wiring up a transformer it's phased to ground one bushing gets gets the energized phase uh, whatever the voltage is 76 20 you know whatever and then the the other goes right down ground to the neutral so it's a phased to ground system that's what a y system is and even sub transmission and transmission you don't usually see a neutral but they're grounded at the substations because they're Y systems. They're just not grounded because it's expressed. Usually in a transmission line, there aren't any customers in between substations. So you don't see a neutral. But in a Y system, you'll see a common neutral through the whole system. In a delta system, uh, is an ungrounded system, which means you'll see a neutral when there's triplex or when they're, you know, if you've got, a, if you hang a transformer, you'll see a ground and go into a service, house service, which has a neutral. But the, the system does not have a return to source as a common neutral. So that means there is no common ground like there is in a Y system. And what that means is, uh, to the guy that's working it, is you can put a ground on any one phase and nothing changes. So I don't know if that blows your mind a little bit. Yeah. And, and so, so what, what happens then, say, if a fuse blows in a Y system, I mean, that's, you know, even people like me that relatively illiterate when it comes to electricity, I understand what that means. You know, you, you go either either trip it back, you know, and lock it back in or make, maybe the maybe the fuse needs replacing. But it's really, that's not an emergency. If a fuse blows in a three-phase delta system, um, that, that dead phase now, it re-energizes through transformers fed by the other energized phases, right? Right, so in a delta system, it takes a phase to phase, two two energized phases to get two different phases going into the transformer to the coil. And that that so that primary coil in a transformer isn't phase to ground; it's phase to phase. And and if you get a tree on on the on the primary on a three phase Y system, it blows the fuse. You get a tree on one phase of a primary delta system, it doesn't blow anything, because it'll take a ground. It takes two grounds, two different phases to have grounds on it, like a tree across two phases. Or dude, you could have you could have an existing system with a bad lightning arrestor on a transformer that has put a ground on the circuit. In a Y system, it'll trip it. Yeah. In a delta system, that that, that it may be going on forever because nobody has tested it with that lightning arrestor going to ground. Now you get a tree on the other phase and you blow a fuse. Or somebody gets careless, you're you're running new wire. And you set the phase on the on the cross arm. And normally in a delta, clean delta circuit, you, if you, your rubber hose slides and the phase is on the cross arm, nothing happens. But if that lightning arrest your ground is gr grounded on a different phase, as soon as you set that on the arm, you trip the circuit. And you're like, well, well how come it didn't do it last time that happened? Well, because now there's two grounds. Now, now there's two of them. Yeah, exactly. And, and you, can, you only need to find one to plug it back in. But really... You should always look for the second because yeah, because if you don't, you, you're gonna you're gonna create a, a low voltage situation, right? So the question you asked is, sorry, see, I I got no, 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 that's good. Right. So so what happens? So if you have two phases energizing a transformer, uh -huh. and now let's say the the A phase is on the right bushing and C phase is on on the left bushing, and A phase fuse blows, and the other two fuses are still in. C phase now comes in through the coil comes back up the lead, back to the primary, and re-energizes that phase from C phase. So basically, you have two versions of C phase and one of B phase now on the primary, even if it's on the ground and broken. That wow. trying to, It's trying to energize that phase. Wow. And that 
could create a, a pretty dangerous situation, I'm guessing. Well, the, the reason I wrote the article is last, I was in my territory. I, my one-man crew used to, at the end of every storm, he went to every Delta sub and tested for ground. And, I, and often I try to do it on feeder sweeps. And if, but if that didn't happen, I'd have him check it again anyway. And then once a month, regardless, he checked those subs for ground. Um, because if, if it goes with a single one ground on it for long enough and you get a second ground, it's really hard to find. Imagine if on a long circuit separated by a long ways, you have two lighting arresters on different faces that went bad. How would you find that? You know, it's, it, we had Thanksgiving. I had a whole town out of power for eight hours because of that situation when I first got to the territory. Um, Thanksgiving's a bad day to have people on power. Does no it? doubt. Yeah. That's as bad as Christmas Day. Yeah. So, um, so it causes a low voltage problem uh, because now the C phase that's re-energizing the other phase isn't high enough. And if it, it, it burns it burns up refrigerators and freezers, can start a fire. So that's why I said it's, it's really a red triage when that happens. And you need to open the other two phases. I'm sorry for everybody else who has lights, but everybody's lights are going off until we figure fix that situation. So, so that, that brownout condition or that low voltage condition causing, you know, uh, and, and we really don't know if it's, you know, one house or a thousand homes being affected by this, but, but like you said just now, so that would be considered a high priority on the triage? Right, right. And that's why I wrote the article because some of my friends called me because I, I, you know, I ran the territory for nine years to see what the heck happened. We had a brownout for like 12 hours. And I said, well, for some reason it didn't become a priority. And wow, lost, they lost all their food and in their freezer, and, and and that's why I wrote the article. Like actually, Ryan Schneider wrote a really good article on Delta in incident prevention. If everybody wants to look it up, and uh, he he wrote that. Um, well, I wrote this article in the winter. It didn't didn't it didn't come into IP until recently, but uh, we both kind of hit Delta at the same time. He's another good source for Delta information. Wow. Okay, so at, at the end of the storm. Um, you know, Delta. You, you say in your article, Delta systems and Delta circuits should be phase checked. What? Yes. Okay. So explain that to our listeners, please. So the art of looking for a ground um, is you check phase to phase on your three phase system. Let's say I'm just outside the substation and I check phase to phase on a Delta 4800 Delta pro, uh, system. Phase to ground, of course, you know, is the square root of three. Is divide any phase to phase voltage by 1.73. And you, which is the square root of trade, and you get the phase to ground voltage. Like 13.2 is 76.20 phase to ground. 208 is 120 phase to ground. That's uh, that's how that works. So 4,800 phase to phase, a middle phase to outside, and middle phase to outside, and outside to outside, you have 4,800 volts. Good. Now you check phase to a known ground, and a delta doesn't have a common neutral, so you may have to drive a ground rod if you're somewhere where there isn't one. And you check phase to ground. If on a clean circuit, you should get 2770. 2770 in the B phase and 2770 in the other phase. But if if there's a solid ground on one phase, then on the phase to ground, you'll get zero. There, everybody will still have lights. It just means that the ground is now moved to be the same potential as that phase. So it's kind of a, a brain twister. Nobody's out of lights. The phase says zero, which is kind of dangerous because if you read that, you might think it was dead. It's not. It's just the same potential as ground. And you know that because when you go phase to ground on the other phases, you get 4,800. Because now it's going to ground is the same as going phase to phase. Wow. So phase to ground is 4,800 when you have a solidly grounded. If it's a tree or less grounded, it'll be some voltage less than 2770. And the other voltage will be some voltage higher than, than uh, 2770. Wow. 
So the way you find it is you, you, you see, a lot of times you go right outside the sub and you put the phase meter on the grounded phase and you got zero. You open up the fuses outside of the sub, so now the line, the load side is dead. If the ground goes away, you know the ground is out past you. If you still have it, it's in the substation behind you. And then you can sexualize that on your circuit. You can go right up to the middle of the circuit, do the same thing to find out which half of your circuit has the ground, and you keep how to get in half until you get closer and closer, and then you know where to look. Yeah. It's called it's called uh, uh, looking for a ground. Excellent. Well, Billy, it has been an absolute pleasure, as always. Uh, you know, just, just a recap for our listeners. So, guys, when, when, when there's an outage, uh, you know, storm-based or not, you know, the, one of the best things to do, obviously, is to prioritize what in that system needs to be repaired first. We, we, we do that a lot of times. But, you know, when, when we were out, uh, like Billy mentioned, you know, sitting in a parking lot, uh, you know, waiting to go, uh, it can get pretty frustrating. But the, the right thing to do is to analyze the situation, figure out, you know, what you need, and then uh, sort that or triage that to the point that you know what you need first, second, third, you know, when you relate that to the human body, it's, you know, you're starting with your spine or your backbone, and we're going to fix that first, and then we're going to move out to the, the the first joints, you know, the shoulders and the hips, and then we're going to move a little bit further out, a little further out, and eventually uh, we'll we'll get to the uh, the fingers and the toes, which are all of our customers out there. And that, uh, and then from that to, you know, basically doing a similar thing, triaging uh, when it comes to Delta system conditions and they're the three phase systems, right? And, uh, you know, probably if I had to say the, the most important thing that I took from this uh, is that, you know, after the, when the system comes back up, uh, the Delta substations, Delta circuits, make sure that you do a phase-to-ground check, uh, like Billy just mentioned, on that circuit so that we don't end up creating a worse situation. So, Yeah, so I, if I could add something, um, I, I forget the OSHA subpart V for the host responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, we'd really be doing the host clients a favor. If that, if right at, before we leave, we test, we'd say, hey, We've got all the lights on, but we still have a ground on this circuit. And let the host know that. Now, because the host is really supposed to let you know. But letting them know, it kind of pushes the envelope a little bit. And they may keep you there another day to find it, which, you know, if you're making dull time, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you want to hear most of us complain. Right. Well, again, Billy, and as always, it's great talking to you. But thanks so much for being our guest this month. And uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you at the conference. And hopefully see a bunch of you guys at the conference thanks for listening everybody uh to our to this month's tailgate talk the views information and opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of utility business media and its employees it is strongly recommended that you discuss any actions or policy changes with your company management prior to implementation